You know, the Bible says that jealousy and selfish ambition or strife cause disorder and every sort of other problem. That great passage that warns us about this fact is found in James, the third chapter, verse 16. He says, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. And you know, just in the verse above that, he speaks about jealousy and selfish ambition as demonic. It's a wisdom, not of God, but a wisdom that's earthly rather than a wisdom that comes down from God above. And this is a demonic wisdom. It's a wisdom that, or an attitude that flows not from anything righteous or holy, but flows from unrighteous and sinful sources. I wonder, is your home confused? Your marriage all mixed up? Your church in disorder? Well, this could be the cause. It's possible, you see, that rivalry, party spirit, divisions of the sort that were in the church of Corinth could also be the problem in your church today or your home today. It's possible that because of jealousy, because of your selfish ambition, that this disorder has come. Now, we can't avoid the fact that when God says that jealousy and selfishness and desire to put ourselves first, ambition that is selfish, not ambition for God, but ambition for ourselves, that this will bring disorder. It will bring confusion. It will bring strife. And it will bring all sorts of things out of that. In other words, the strife or the division or the confusion leads to other problems as well. Well, let's examine then this problem of jealousy just a little bit and its results. First of all, recognize that the Word of God does not condemn jealousy or ambition in and of themselves. After all, God is a jealous God, we read in the Scriptures. So jealousy itself is not wrong. As a matter of fact, uh, the word zealous is a word that comes from exactly the same root as the word jealous. They are virtually the same word. And we are to be zealous or jealous for God's name and for God's work and for God's cause. That was what ate Jesus Christ up, he said. Zeal for his father's house. You remember how he uh, lit into the Pharisees and the uh, money changers in the temple who had made his father's house a place of merchandise. And he chased out those uh, sellers of dove and... Uh, those men who were changing the money at great profit. Well, that was real zeal. That was real jealousy or zealousness for the name and for the cause of God and for his temple. That can never be wrong. Every one of us must be zealous for God and jealous of his name, not allowing others to drag it in the mud, as so often we do. But Jealousy of others, jealousy that stems from selfish ambition rather than ambition for God and for his work, 
jealousy that stems from the fact that others are getting ahead of us or others have a, a better position in the church. They're elected to the official board. It was their ideas that were followed when we had to make a decision about the color of the church curtains for the uh, uh, new room that was built on the church. It was they who were put into places of, uh, of uh, uh, importance in the church and who were listened to rather than us. This kind of jealousy, this sort of party spirit, this kind of thing is what James is talking about. And it's demonic, natural, earthly, he says. Now, it's not enough just to pray and ask God to forgive our jealousy and take it away. That, of course, is where we must begin. We have to recognize jealousy. We have to recognize that we have hurt others and we have divided our homes and divided our churches. And we ought to go to God and in repentance seek forgiveness from him for doing this. Not only that, after we've found cleansing from God, from this unrighteousness, then we should go to the persons we've hurt and we've injured and we should seek their forgiveness and try to right the wrongs with them and get things straightened out again to heal the party spirits and the divisions and to calm down the disorder and to bring all of this into an orderly way again. But what's going to keep us out of this in the future? Not just always patching things up, but keeping out of the same problem for days to come. How can we avoid this thing creeping in again, this green-eyed monster crawling up our backs, and before we realize it, we're under his control. How can we keep, for example, our children from fighting jealously uh, with one another and not always simply be patching things up and telling them this was wrong and getting them to confess their sins to God and to one another? How can we help them to change and to avoid these problems? How can we avoid them? Well, you know, the Bible says not only to put off sin, but it also tells us to put on the righteous ways that we must adopt in place of the sin. In other words, we need to find the biblical alternatives to jealousy. And those alternatives are found right in the next verse, James 3:17. In contrast to the wisdom that comes from below, God speaks of the wisdom from above. And here are the things that we seek in order to drive out jealousy and selfish ambition. Here are the things that must replace and repackage our lives. He says the wisdom from above is first pure. It's then peaceable. It's gentle. It's reasonable. It is full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. You see, the opposite of strife and selfish ambition and jealousy and party spirit and all the confusion and evil that that brings is the kind of pursuing of peace among believers that comes from leading a pure life before God and others, that comes from really seeking and working for peace, working for reconciliation among ourselves and others, working for reconciliation when we see other brethren at each other's throats. It comes from being gentle with others rather than being coarse and crude and rude in our relationship to them. It comes from being kind to others, thinking about them, not only thinking about ourselves and actively pursuing those thoughts to do good for them. It comes from being willing to yield 
or being reasonable with others. It comes from being filled with mercy, willing not to merely to stand for your rights and show others where they're wrong, but willing to overcome and overlook a multitude of sins in love, not letting every rub so rub us that we have to fight about the issue, but in mercy covering a multitude of difficulties between us and others. And it comes from good fruits in our own lives, the fruits of the Spirit that are mentioned, for example, in Galatians 5, all of which produce those things. And it comes from being real rather than hypocritical and unwavering in all of these things. What we need to do, therefore, to overcome these things is to seek not only God's forgiveness for jealousy and ambition, but to seek to become people who develop these qualities in our lives. Help us, Lord, to learn this wisdom, this practical wisdom for life in our relationship to you and to others, we pray for Jesus' sake. Amen.